Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, all right. We are here. We are Whiskey and Wonder. We are. We're live-ish. We're live, live now. today, the second. Yes. But not when you're listening. Yeah, you're not hearing us live. Uh, you're I'm in the future. I'm Megan. Oh, yeah, you are in the future. Let us know how things are going. Is it? Have we been blown up yet? <laughs> I laugh because I'm scared. Ah. Oh. It's not. Hopefully, going to be much, but again, <laughs> keyword, hopefully. Uh, did I say I'm Megan? We did. Okay. And so, that's Tyler. Yep. And uh, we're Whiskey and Wonder. Yep. A uh, weekly podcast where every week Tyler and I get together and we review a whiskey and we teach the other something that has made us wonder. Yes. I have done some wondering this week. All right. Let me just tell you. So um we'll jump straight into the announcements business yeah business as usual uh most not, not much to say announcement wise uh we've got the store going on at whiskeywonder.com slash shop or you uh, can just go to whiskeywonder.com yeah, and check out the, the whole website yeah click on the menu at the top and scroll through and see what all we got there um, if you want to see what we've, what whiskeys we've done previously and what we've rated them, all that mm-hmm. information is there as well as our shop, which has glassware. Um, it's got little tumblers with our logo etched. So if you wanted to get, uh, one of those, we'd greatly appreciate it. So, for sure, for sure. um, Megan, you want to tell us about the other announcement? All right. So a special gift for our patrons, our Patreon patrons, uh, we are in the next couple of weeks, or I am in the next couple of weeks, going to uh, be launching a blog exclusive for our patrons. So um, if you're interested in hearing my mediocre musings, uh, go to patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder and sign up and uh, you'll get access to the random things that are happening inside my head. It'll be fascinating and it'll be terrifying and it'll be, it'll be weird. So for anybody that is already subscribing to our Patreon, um, you will be included on that. And anyone who wants to get episodes early, um, please subscribe to the Patreon. We do release the episodes. Uh, last year and in 2020, we released episodes on Mondays. Uh, or actually late on Sunday evenings. Uh, this year we're releasing them Wednesday evenings, unless, you know, I forget like I did this week, and I released it on Thursday evening. Well. Uh, apologies to everybody, sorry. Unless you're on Patreon, in which case you get it. Yeah, if you're on Patreon, you still get it um, Sunday evenings. Yep. So, uh, yeah, go check us out. I think it's it's $5 a month there to... Uh, sign up for that, and that will get you access to Megan's blog. And we do have other, other um, stuff. Bonus content and... coming on the way. We just gotta make do a finish a little planning and and mm-hmm. figure out how we're gonna do that. So, um, as always, we want to thank everybody that donates and supports us. Uh, y'all make this possible, and actually, really. Really came in clutch this week, frankly. Um, so thank you guys to everybody that does subscribe to the Patreon and that that does donate to us on PayPal. Uh, you can access if you want to donate. You can go to the website 
And on the homepage, if you scroll down, there are little icons for both PayPal and that will take you to the Patreon page. Um, all that stuff's also in the show notes. Like I said, whiskeyandwonder.com. Uh, search us on YouTube. If you don't watch the YouTube videos, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm starting to put a little more production value in the videos and trying to get things, uh, you know, a little less, I don't know, repetitive, I guess. Get a little okay. more like attention grabbing things on okay. the screen. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I'm working on that. It's, it's something we want to get get right and so we haven't put it on there yet but um check out the patreon it's patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder uh all the social media stuff's in the bottom in the show notes or in the comments of the, or not the comments the description of the video and if you want to please email us contact at whiskey and just let us know how your day's going let us know if you think we're going to make it through this crazy war as Megan this is see this is why you need to watch on YouTube because Megan literally just spilled water all down her front <laughs> I have no idea how she's drinking from a smart water bottle <laughs> that literally has the mouthpiece on there and somehow she still managed to spill I, it all over herself I squeezed that's why you need to go to YouTube and watch uh, yeah you can watch me just spill water all over myself because I am five years old yeah and you know if if you do listen to the podcast it is an audio you know it, it's audio format you don't get to see me and megan's non-verbal conversations that happen <laughs> where we're like shooting each other looks like what the, what the fuck did you bro, just say bro. whoa you you know so you can see all that stuff on youtube i don't edit it out you know we share it with you guys so yep um but yes yeah, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com send us your thoughts tell us how you're doing tell us if we suck, if we're great, if you like the topic, if you hated the topic, if you like the whiskey, if you didn't like the whiskey, if all anything, yeah, tell tell us everything, anything, email us. Yes, we need stuff for our mail time segment. It's getting lonely. <laughs> anyway, on that note. The open segment. Megan, how's the week been? I got a new phone. Yeah, I vaguely remember that now. Yes. We, we got a, I got a ton of emails <laughs> on the uh, Whiskey, Whiskey and Wonder. Wonder email saying somebody was signing into a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, are we being hacked <laughs> or are you doing this? Uh, and, yep. It was me. I got a new phone. Um, it is a Galaxy S22 Ultra. So it's their new Note, I guess, flagship. It has a little S Pen. Um. I have never seen a camera perform this well on a cell phone ever. Um, yeah. It's worth it for the camera alone, in my opinion. Um, just how insanely, like, macro you can get with some of these pictures. Um, so, like, Tyler, that is the texture of my jeans. That's impressive. I set my phone on my pants and took a picture and it was in focus. Immediately my head goes to a perverted place. That the the amount of detail in people's nude selfies now are going to be ridiculous. I mean you'll you can go to, there if you want. You'll no be able to here. count their freaking pubes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so how are you liking the new phone other than the camera? Um, I'm really enjoying it. I haven't actually sat down and drawn with the S Pen. I actually need to do that. Uh, it's just been a busy week. Um, but from what I've used of it so far, I'm really excited. It does, uh, the sensitivity seems to be a lot different than my old S Pen. So it's going to be fun messing with uh, trying to figure out how that works. Um, it seems to be uh, w more more sensitive. Like you need you more sensitive, I guess. I In think what it's sense, gonna, like more pressure or more like I responsive think, to your movement. Well, responsive to your movement, it's definitely a lot faster. There's way less lag. It feels a lot more now like an actual uh, pen, pen or an actual tablet. Tablet. Um, the mark is instantly happening as you're drawing it rather than appearing a, you know, half a second later, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the sensitivity, it seems like, uh, I think for like shading and stuff, uh, it'll be a lot, a lot more interesting because, uh, the amount of pressure you apply drastically changes, uh, the tip from, again, what I've just played with a little bit, so. I'm pretty excited to mess with it. Sounds awesome. I've, I guess I just got a new phone as well. It's the same phone that I had. It just is new to me because mine shit the bed a couple of weeks ago. We all remember. Yep. So that's, uh, I, I just, I can't. Can't so. get into it. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I have found that I have gotten all of my debt gone. Like, I don't have a car payment anymore. I don't pay for my phone. Like, it's just things that I don't need, and I just cannot go back to having a car payment and having a phone payment and having all this other, you know. I, I just really enjoy being everything paid off, I guess. I mean, yeah, that is nice. Yeah, so I just, I struggle, struggle leaving that, but... Um, for me, nothing really new has happened this week. It's been another disgusting week of work. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I went to a wine tasting yesterday and it was me, not a wine drinker, actually could taste, interestingly, I could taste just as many notes if not more than some of the other folks that were there, it seemed like. so Probably because of this. this. Yeah. So, um, but I actually enjoyed pretty much every wine. There were eight, I think. And were they all reds or were no, they No, there were four whites, four reds. And I right. enjoyed three of each, three, three of the whites, three of the reds. Um, all right. And I honestly, frankly, would have drank the other two, but. Red wine gives me headaches. Something about the tannins in it. I've I've had a headache today, but I don't think it's I, I didn't drink very much wine. I I just didn't sleep well last night. So Fair. um but yeah, nothing nothing really new with me, so um yeah, I guess let's just go ahead and move on then. We'll talk about nope. what we're drinking today. One second, one second. Can I climb on it yep. real quick? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just can I get on a soapbox for yeah, one sure. second? Go ahead. Okay. And I might get some of you guys mad at me, and I'm very sorry if I do. Um, I work. I, I think we've mentioned before that I'm a I'm in the dog field. Like I'm in I am a professional dog trainer. I mm -hmm. think we've mentioned that much. Um, 
And I cannot stress enough that the average person does not need to get a Belgian Malinois, um, especially with that Channing Tatum movie called Dog coming out. Um, yeah, I've heard about this. I've heard that like sales of those are skyrocketing and people are getting them and they're and not very... They are not a family dog. They are... Um, they are you. They are a Navy SEAL dog. They are a one hundred percent military military dog. Uh, a lot of police academies won't even use Malinois because of how insane they are. Um, when you say insane, insane, how like just hard to train or like just they're, they once you sick them on somebody, they don't stop. Their intelligence level um, is a big factor of it. Their energy level. Um, their bite inhibition, there's a lot and lots of things. Um, any of you guys have seen John Wick 3? There are two Belgian Malinois in there. They're Halle Berry's dogs. Every stunt you saw those dogs perform was the dogs actually performing that stunt. There was no CGI involved. Those dogs did everything, and that includes jumping from a first story to a second story from the ground. So just, they are absolutely... They jumped up an entire story? Yes. Yes, they jumped from a first story to a second story. How the... What did they do, turn gravity off? Yes. Yes, these dogs are freaking nuts. You said they're Holly Berry's dogs, as in her character in the movie? Her her character in the movie. I'm pretty sure that she did not take those dogs home. Okay. Um... Uh, they're just, and something that I say, most civilians do not need a Malinois. I think they're a dog that either you should have been military prior and worked with them and know what you're getting into, or you need to do a absolute ton of research. And they are a dog that really should do some sort of um, schnitzen or um, IPO, which is the Dutch police version. Um they needed they need some sort of training like that just to keep those dogs happy and keep them from destroying everything um and i i'd met a dog earlier today 10 month old malinois who is awful and mm. lives with two children mm. and that i just have a horrible feeling. Concerns. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that the person is going to do the right thing and uh, get their dog trained and take it seriously, or um, they will find someone who knows what they're doing and take that dog. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my soapbox. Uh, don't get a Malinois because you saw one trained on TV. Sounds like a, a good soapbox to have. And uh, in the famous last words of... Bob Barker, spay and neuter your pets. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Opening the bottle. Damn, I almost got it. Almost. Sounded a little bit like an echo when you did it like that. So, this week we are drinking a wild turkey again. This is wild turkey Kentucky spirit, single barrel. Uh, 
wild turkey is I can't remember do have we done just one wild turkey or two? We have done one. It was wild turkey one on one, which I personally need to go back and re rate because it has become along with another one that we've yet to do on the podcast. My excuse me, it is my go to drink. Uh, it's a cheap bottle that I just love. Well, uh, Wild Turkey boasts that this is one of the first single barrel bourbons ever made. Um, and it is bottled at the peak of its maturity from a single barrel. The barrel number, the date, and the warehouse number is handwritten on the uh, label of each bottle. Um, and these are aged for eight years. Um, wild Turkey, uh, we've done them before, but just some quick uh, history about their company again. Um, they get their name from a uh, the director of the distillery uh, going on a hunting trip with friends, and they were hunting wild turkey. Ha, 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 get it? Um, Each one of these bottles is hand-selected by Jimmy Russell. Yes, who- Jimmy Russell is the Buddha of bourbon. Uh, he is the longest tenured active master distiller in the world. Um, and then his son, Eddie Russell, is a master distiller as well. They are the two master distillers at Wild Turkey Bourbon out in Kentucky. So, I went to, I I guess, let me just get off on a little tangent here. In our area, as I'm sure there are in many other areas around the U.S., there are, there's a run on products from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, whether it's Buffalo Trace or any other of their brands like Eagle Rare, or Angel's Envy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so because of that, I make random stops into our local ABC store and I chat with people and they tell me, you know, I, I try to find out when the trucks are coming in and when they're going to be there, basically. Um, and they told me March. And so I stopped in just a couple days early. turns out they had just gotten Blanton's in the week earlier. I was like, crap. But <laughs> um, anyway, point being, I stopped in randomly. I bought a bottle of something and I said, well, there's this other ABC store right down the road that's kind of tucked back that not many people really know about. So let me ride over there to it, see what they've got. And I walk in and I didn't see anything from... Buffalo Trace, with the exception of Angel's Envy Bourbon, which is not really high on my list to do. I've heard it's good, but there are other bottles I want to try first. I want to spend the money on. And I was walking around, and I just happened to see this Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit single barrel. And naturally, uh, as I've mentioned on here before, I've got a little group that I play trivia with on Thursdays, and we sample. We usually sample one, and I couldn't wait to try this. So I took it Thursday, and we sampled it, and every single person at that table said that that was one of the best whiskeys they've ever had. Um, I have poured myself quite a bit more than usual. (laughs) Um, And if I'm frank, I had some this morning while I was doing my research, 
as well. So I have dipped. Okay. <laughs> the bottle is it, half gone already. To put it mildly. Yes. Uh, yeah, I obviously Tyler has already dipped. Uh, I did get a text from him earlier in the week basically going on about this whiskey and how he is like going to the store to buy another bottle because it's like the best, one of the best whiskeys he's had. And Yep. Um, so. Not to foreshadow my rating. <laughs> uh, smelling it, it smells pretty good, but I can't say it smells. It's very classic smelling. Yeah, I it, can't say it smells. It smells like bourbon. Yeah. There's some sweet, there's it's some like... wood, a tinge of spice, yeah. and maybe, you know, some corn. That's it. It smells like bourbon. Yeah. Brown sugar, cinnamon, um, and oak. Uh little tiny tiny hint of hint of like a tobacco um overwhelming cinnamon and brown sugar now this is a single barrel so no two barrels are going to be identical yeah so yes, yes. this is barrel number 248 um <laughs> i bought three of the five bottles that that abc store had so good luck finding it um around you know, at that particular ABC store, at least. So, um, did you? I don't know if we're gonna find specific notes for this barrel. I, uh, but we might find some general notes. I found some very, very general notes, literally on Wild Turkey's website. So, I mean, um, so as far as we're supposed to be smelling, it says the smell is, uh, seductive. And complex. <laughs> um, so I don't know what seductive smells like. I feel like that's one of those marketing words. Yeah. Um, I do not feel seduced smelling this bourbon. So apparently I was. Uh, I'm complex. I don't even agree with that. Like yeah, it's, I, I it feel like it's smells very like straightforward. Yeah, it just it smells like when you think bourbon, you you think this. So, uh, I, Sorry, you're obviously been, tasting it. You're just like, glum, glum, yeah, I'm glum. over here drinking. So, <laughs> uh, I taste. So the first one has a little bit of burn. Uh, when I had it the other night, it didn't. It didn't have any burn at all. Um. It has a, it's very smooth. The burn goes away really quickly for me. It's got a little bit of a rye burn kind of, um, I get definite, you're sweet, you're wood. And let me take another sip um, so I can get a good one. You take another sip. I, you told me it was so smooth, so I wasn't expecting any burn. Um, it didn't burn when you first Thursday. had it. Yeah, okay. no, no burn at all. So every single person at the table said uh, that was that was part of why they really enjoyed it because it was no burn. When I had it this morning, it did have some burn. We had all been drinking beer prior, <laughs> so that may have affected that a little bit. I am sure that probably affected that in uh, some way, shape, or form. So I get a little bit. A little bit of a burn, not much. There we go. After drinking some water and then uh, sipping, 
um, the burn has gone away. Um, and it, it allowed the flavor profile to come through a lot better. Um, I get leather sitting on the tip of my, or the back of my tongue. Yeah. And the finish, it is leathery. There's a little bit of oakiness to it. There's the sweetness kind of goes away, but it lingers. I, it, I found that, and again, I was drinking beer and specifically a chocolate cherry, uh, cordial. cherry cordial sour. And I found that after I had this and I had stopped drinking that beer 45 minutes prior, mm-hmm. I could still taste the chocolate lingering on my palate. So it kind of brought that chocolate flavor back out, hmm. which was interesting. Um, definitely cinnamon and brown sugar. Like that's the sweet I'm getting. I get um, vanilla right on the tip of the tongue. It tastes like coffee cake. Coffee cake sweetness to me. Okay. Um, so, yes, there's definitely vanilla there, but I definitely brown sugar, cinnamon, vanilla, just coffee cake. Um, and then, yeah, the leather sits on your tongue. Um, I have, <laughs> just to put it in perspective, I've drank a, probably a third of what I poured already. So... It's got a very nice amber color. This bottle ran $60, and it is 101 proof. Um, that is the only knock I have against it is the price of it, um, at least so far. Sorry, I know you're trying to fill the air, as I think. No, you're fine. Um, there's something that I can't figure out what I'm tasting. Um, uh Sorry, guys. Um, it's very full-bodied, too. Yeah. It sits heavy in the mouth. Yes. Which, you know, that sounds a little weird to say, but it actually... Uh, it's very, in the mouth, it's very um, syrupy. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, obviously, it's not the consistency of syrup, but it feels like it's just a syrup full, rather than like a water. It's thicker. It, yeah, it, it's it thick. It feels thicker. Yeah. I wish I could so. figure out the flavor that I'm thinking of. It's um it, it, it just to me is a very classic bourbon that is very smooth. And I like bourbons. I like the taste of bur excuse me, bourbons. So So I would agree. I think we um I figured out doing this podcast that I actually am Probably more of a rye girl than a bourbon girl, uh, long term. Though bourbon obviously is great as well. Um, Wild Turkey says we should be getting vanilla, almond, and honey uh, as our taste. Um, but I would definitely say it's a very traditional bourbon. It's a very full-bodied, thick bourbon. It is kind of the quintessential you think bourbon and this is probably the first thing you're going to think of if you can imagine the taste. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um the only the only thing I would add to it really is just surprising surprisingly mellow for a hundred and one proof. Yeah. Very smooth for what it is. Um 
All right. Well, we're going to keep sipping on that. Megan's going to sip on it because I've sipped on it enough. <laughs> Tyler's going to chug it. I have to present. So <laughs> that means I won't have that much time to drink. Uh, but I want to learn something. Yeah. Uh, Got to check the schedule, make sure I'm going to the right thing. Yep. All right. So we are going on to the wonder segment. It's time for the wonder segment. All right. Make yourself big. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. I thought about it early. Now I'm big. I'm big. I see you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh. If you're on YouTube, go. If you're not on YouTube, go check it out on YouTube. So <clears throat> with everything that's been going on in the world, it's just been, uh. um, you know, it's been a heck of a week world news wise. If you're, under a rock, and for whatever reason, we're your news source. Russia has invaded the Ukraine. They're they're being complete. Uh, well, they're just they invaded the Ukraine, and they're being assholes. Yes. Well, today, I thought we would talk about the most current or the current most hated man in the world. That's right. Today's topic is Vladimir Putin. Oh, Vladimir Putin. And I'm going to treat this, I'm actually going to try really hard to treat this with respect and not do a shitty Russian accent. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) No, you go ahead. I I already fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of sounded like Russian Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Um, Okay, I will try to be respectful as well. Um, Throwing out this warning here right Right now, uh, if Tyler or I end up dead anytime in the near future, it was Russia. Uh, I feel like I've done a good job of not of presenting the oh, how do I say this? Facts? The known facts. Oh, I like the air so, quotes that yes. everyone who's not on YouTube missed. Yes, so. Okay. Um, so like I said, we're talking about, uh, we're learning about Vladimir Putin today. Um, dangerous topic this time of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to learn a little bit at, which actually ended up turning into a lot of bit about Russian history, how it came to be a nation and how the government there evolved over time from, uh, autocracy to communism to what we what they have today. All right. And we're also going to take a look at Putin, his background and how he came into power. So All right. Let's buckle up for this ride. All right. I'm actually very interested in this because the topic I am now it might be my topic next week. It originally was not going to be, but um we'll see. I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. This might tie into something I do in the future. Okay. So, archaeologists believe that Slavic tribes originally settled in what is now West Russia prior to the 7th century. Over time, they slowly and peacefully began allowing Finnic tribes to join their territory until the mid-9th century when Scandinavian Vikings began venturing east along the waterways leading to the Caspian and Black Seas. Those fucking Vikings. In 8th 60, 860 that is, a Viking named Rurik was elected ruler according to the earliest Russian writings and then he died. (laughs) 
Uh, no, there's just no more writings. I'm sure he lived a, <laughs> for the time a long life and did a lot of conquering and shit. But uh, the next the next bit that I was able to find is that he did die, and his successors were mainly three dudes: uh, his son, his grandson, and this dude, random dude named Oleg. Um, and they proceeded to move south and took over more territory, including the city of Kiev, which you might recognize from the news. Uh, soon, they had launched several military expeditions, getting as far as Persia, which is modern-day Iraq, if I remember right. So, or maybe that was Pakistan. I don't remember. It's one of those Middle Eastern countries that the U.S. doesn't like. Um, the U.S. government doesn't like. Let, okay. me, let me say it that way. Better. <laughs> In other words, the Vikings came over, or came, took over, and then proceeded to Viking their way around Eastern Europe. To Viking their way around. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Viking is a verb. Yeah, you know, Viking gonna Viking. Uh, under the Rurik dynasty, which is considered to have reigned from 812 to 1,000. 1223, that's a better way of saying that. The first East Slavic state, Kievan Rus, or Rus, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it. Uh, Kievan Rus was created and began controlling the trade routes between the Byzantine Empire and Scandinavia. During this time, Christianity was introduced to the region, as well as Greek and Latin influences, which all helped to shape the Russian language. It's also uh, believed that the economy, architecture, and literature were all were all superior uh, to the Western culture uh, equivalent at the time. Uh, the modern-day countries of Ukraine, Belarus, and Russia all claim Kievan Rus, Kievan Rus as cultural ancestors. Despite the success of Kievan Rus, all good things must come to an end, and the princely family collectively, and the princely family collectively. Oh, I am screwing that up. The princely family collectively ruled the state, but various members were in charge of certain areas. So essentially, you had kind of like the mafia. You had a family over an area, and then they spread the power out. Or Game amongst, of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Game of Thrones time anyway. <laughs> it's, it's the 13th century. Um, during the 13th century, uh, all these heads of each area began fighting with each other. And because of this, the state started to splinter. The final blow came one day when the Mongols rode in, in 1223. Mongols marched through and thoroughly defeated uh, the disunited armies of each area, and they proceeded to destroy the cities of Vladimir, Kiev, and all the other major cities of northeast Russia. But Mongols were the Mongols, and they kept on moving west, going so far as Poland and Hungary. And they still demanded tributes from Russia during this time. Although there was catastrophic destruction from the Mongol invasion, the impact was not felt evenly throughout the state. As I mentioned, older cities such as Kiev and Vladimir were completely destroyed and would never fully recover from the attacks. 
but it opened the door for newer cities, including Moscow, to begin competing for dominance. Moscow would go, to ascend, go on to ascend to become the dominant city in the area by cooperating with the Mongols. Uh, they were granted, they granted the rulers of Moscow the title of Grand Prince of Moscow and put them in charge of collecting all of the tributes from the area. And in 1299, Moscow also became the center for the Russian Orthodox Church, furthering its prestige over other cities. As I said, all good things must come to an end, and the Mongols' influence began declining in the 14th century, and soon the Grand Princes, who the Mongols had put in power, began openly opposing them. A Russian army ended up defeating the Golden Horde, which was the main Mongolian army, in 1380. But despite this, the fragmented Mongolian, despite this, there were fragmented Mongolian armies that would stay in the area and continue demanding tributes until they were thoroughly defeated in 1480. I'm so used to saying 1840. (laughs) Once the Mongols were defeated, Moscow was firmly in the driver's seat as Russia's leading city. Throughout the 15th century, the Grand Princes would grow and consolidate Russian land, increasing their wealth and population. Ivan III, also known as Ivan the Great, was one of the most popular rulers of the time. I would get into the rule and into his rule, but it's probably worth its own episode one day. And so for now, I'm just going to list the greatest hits. So Ivan the Great was able to triple the size of Rush of the Russian state. He created the first Russian centralized government body by forcing all localized rulers to recognize his sovereignty over them and the entire state. He had the first set of laws adopted. He defeated the fragments of the Mongolian armies that were left behind, and he renovated the Kremlin. Historians believe that Ivan III's reign played a crucial role in forming Russia as we know it today. However, they do note uh, that he did... um, They do note that his anti-Catholicism deprived his, quote, deprived his country of the fruits of Western learning and civilization. Nobody's perfect, I guess. (laughs) So we're going to jump ahead a little bit now, about 50 years. And we're going to talk about Russia's next famous ruler, Ivan IV, a.k.a. Ivan the Terrible. Another person who's worthy of his own episode, under Ivan the Terrible, Russia annexed more territories, including Siberia. They created a system allowing rural regions to self-manage and self-govern, created new laws that replaced those of Ivan the Great. They stifled the power of the church, or he stifled the power of the church, created the first official army of Russia, and created the position of Tsar. Ivan the Fourth. What? Tsar. Tsar, that's what I said. Okay. What did, what did it sound like it said? Tsar. Like Tsar. Sars. Oh. Tsar. Tsar. Oh, I I guess my country ass accent's coming out there. Tsar. <laughs> um you know that word's actually based off Caesar. I did know that for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why I knew that, but I knew that. Okay. So the word czar. Did I say it right? Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> so the word czar comes from Caesar. Anyway. Um, Ivan IV got the nickname, quote, the terrible, 
because he ruthlessly strengthened the position of the monarch by exiling or executing nobles who wouldn't bend to his wheel. Will. Not, <laughs> not wheel. God damn. <laughs> he ruthlessly... You okay over there, Megan? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've had too much to drink already. <laughs> um, he ruthlessly strengthened the position uh, by exiling or executing nobles who didn't bend to his will. Sometimes... For very, very minor reasons. Basically, his fuse was real short. Ivan IV also carried out his uh carried out bloody purges of the aristocracy out of fear of treachery and betrayal. Due to these purges and several other factors, including epidemics and poor harvests, Russia became very weak and was led to a period of civil war known as the quote time of troubles. Did you call him Ivan IV? Yes. Okay. He is Ivan the Fourth. I just think that's hysterical. Okay. Hey, he's Sorry. Like Ivan Four. Ivan. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I just. I've never heard a human referred to as just. I am Megan One. You've never been around Shelby's family. Real. Oh. Well, no. you met you met her brother. I did. When John was on, he's Johnny. Well, Shelby calls him Johnny Cinco. Um, but he's he's the he's fifth. fifth. Her dad's the fourth, yeah. That is a lot of numbers. Yeah. Like a lot of humans with the same name. Yeah. Um, Hi, Johnny Cinco. (laughs) Yes. Hello. Hello, friend John. (laughs) Four and five. (laughs) Um, In the interest of time, we're going to skip over the details of this period of Russian history. It's just there's way too much history to cover uh, and still actually learn about Putin and his background. So I'm going to summarize some of the main events uh, that happened, including the time of trouble. During this time, there was a power vacuum that was created after Ivan the Terrible's son died without an heir. And for about 15 years, from 1598 to 1613, multiple factions, including Poland and Sweden, fought for the Tsardom, ultimately resulting in Mikhail Romanov, Romanov being named the Tsar and his descendants ruling for the next 300 years. Because of what's currently happening, I also want to make a note that Poland actually invaded Ukraine during uh, the time of trouble, which created, it sparked the Russo-Russo-Polish War. I don't know how you say it, Russo or Russo. Um, Russo. Russo-Polish War to take place between uh, 1654 and 1667. That war was fought, you know, over who would control Ukraine. Um, so I and I say this just to show that there's a long history of fighting over the area that is Ukraine. The Roman the Romanovs would rule Russia until the Russian Revolution in 1917. Some famous leaders from this time are Peter the Great, Catherine the Great, and Alexander the First. During the 17th century, the Tsardom was succeeded by the Russian Empire. But despite this change, the Russian leader was still commonly referred to as the Tsar. During this period, Russia grew to become the world's largest country. However, it lagged behind many Western countries economically, partially due to its small population relative to its size. The yeah, cre- I'm feeling the snow also. Do what? The snow, I'm sure, also affects yeah. that. That was another thing I read is that there. Uh, harvest season was much shorter than most Western countries as well. Yeah. 
Um, the Crimean War, the Russo-Japanese War, and World War One were all fought during this time, with Russia suffering unfavorable defeats in all three. Throughout time, Russia had weakened as a power, and its citizens became dissatisfied with the Romanovs' leaderships, leadership, and eventually, in 1917, the Russian Revolution occurred, resulting in the emperor-slash-czar Nicholas II abdicating the throne. I'm going to pause here and take a drink. Okay. Uh, now that you're at that part of history, all I can think in my head is rah, rah, Rasputin. And, you know, it's around Rasputin's time. Yeah, I, I know about Rasputin. What's that song? Uh, it's a horrible disco hit. You're going to have to pull it up. It's no, awful. I think I know what song you're talking about, and I don't want to get it stuck in my head. So, Like, rah, rah, Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, It's horrible. Yeah, he it's was, so bad. He was terrible. Um, so bad. So as most of us probably know, the communist Bolsheviks, led by Vladimir Lenin, were able to overthrow the democratic provisional government and the other opposing political groups that resulted in the creation of of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, a.k.a. The Soviet Union. The USSR slash Soviet Union. Sorry, I had to get one in there. Lenin presided over the new communist government until an attempted assassination in 1918, which forced him into semi-retirement. During his retirement, Leon Trotsky and Joseph Stalin who were part of Lenin's Communist Party and essentially his right and left-hand men, uh, they served as his voice to the country. During his final years, Lenin would actually criticize Stalin in his personal notes, going so far as to suggest that Stalin be removed from his position. He didn't like his power-hungriness. Um, I remember reading that Stalin verbally cussed at Lenin's wife. One visit, they disagreed over... Um, essentially bringing uh, how other countries, because it wasn't just the U, it wasn't just Russia. There were um, several other countries around them that were communists in their own, you know, socialist republics. And Stalin wanted to view those countries as less than Russia. And Lenin didn't. So, um, Lenin was also concerned that Stalin and Trotsky would cause a split in the Communist Party once he died. When he finally did die in 1924, Stalin formed a triumvirate alliance with Grigory Zinoniev and Lev or Lev Kamenev uh, against Trotsky. So it was Stalin, those two guys against Trotsky, and over time. They were able to push Trotsky out of political power and even exile him. Stalin also began having disputes with his two cronies, that I'm not going to say their names again, uh, which resulted in their execution during Stalin's Great Purge, which effectively left Stalin as the dictator of Russia. Interestingly, he was, uh, he was from Georgia. The country? The country, Georgia, not... <laughs> Not the devil went down to Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> anyway, 
Stalin would serve as the leader of Russia until his death in March of 1953 through World War II and the first, per- first portion of the Cold War. During his reign, Soviet Russia would commit mass genocide, resulting in the non-combat death deaths of an estimated 20 to 60 million people during his, during his time in power. If you include the Soviet death toll from World War II, both civilian and uh, military casualties, that range jumps to 47 to 87 million people. I personally hope that that bastard is in hell alongside Hitler getting a daily pineapple up the ass, too. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, go watch Adam Sandler's Little Nicky. You ever seen that Love movie? Little Nicky. <laughs> I hope Stalin is right there. Right there beside Hitler. I love Little Nicky so much. Oh, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. At least you have some movie taste. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys need to go watch that movie if you've never seen it. So funny. Uh, After Stalin, Nikita Khrushchev would take power before being impeached due to several errors and unfavorable outcomes. The USSR would go through several leaders in the following decades, finally dissolving under the leadership of Mikhail Gorbachev. In 1989, again, a topic that could serve well with its own episode. So I'm not getting into it. Once the USSR dissolved, the Russian Federation formed, and it held its first election in 1991, and Boris Yeltsin was elected president. The new Russian Federation ended many Soviet-era policies, including opening foreign trade, cutting state spending, and price controlling. That's kind of fucked up to control the price of shit. Sadly, these reforms resulted in hyperinflation, and this decimated the living standards of most of the population, resulting in an economic downturn that was worse than what the Germans faced after World War I and worse than the Great Depression in the U.S. I did not know it was worse than the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. That's very scary. Yeah. To further worsen the economy, the financial crash of 1998 deepened the depression. Deepened the depression. Hours, or surprisingly, hours before the first day of the 21st century, Yeltsin announced he was resigning, leaving Prime Minister Vladimir Putin, a former KGB official, and the current head of the FSB, which is the modern-day version of the KGB, Excuse me, as his successor. So now that we've traced a bit of the history to where he took over, let's take a look at the history of the man himself. I did not know he has been in charge since the turn of the century. Oh, wait till you hear. Oh, boy. Just drop in. So, <clears throat> Vladimir, Vladimirovich Putin. Yes, his name is Vladimir Vladimirovich. Yeah, I'm making fun of him. Shoot me. Come on. (laughs) He was born October 7th, 1952 in Leningrad, which is now St. Petersburg. His grandfather had been a personal cook to Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin. His mother was a factory worker, and his father had been drafted into the Soviet Navy, where he served in the submarine fleet. He would later be transferred into the regular army during World War II, and he would be severely wounded in 1942. 
but would go on to live until 1999, interestingly. Putin's grandmother was killed by Nazi occupiers in Tver, and it's T-V-E-R. I don't know how the fuck you say that. Tver. Uh, She was killed there in 1941 by Nazi occupiers, uh, and his maternal uncles all disappeared while serving on the Eastern Front. Putin's two older brothers both died before he was born, one dying in infancy while the other died of diphtheria during World War II. And that is a fun word to say, diphtheria. I don't know what kind of disease that is, but it's fun to say. I'm sure it's horrible. Yeah. So Putin started school in 1960, and his class consisted of 45 students. At age 12, he began practicing judo and sambo, and when in high school, he began studying German, a language which he is still fluent in. In 1970, Putin went on to study law at what is now St. Petersburg State University, where he would graduate in 1975. During his time at university, he was required to join the Communist Party, and he remained a member until it dissolved. In 1975, Putin joined the KGB, where he worked in counterintelligence after completing his uh, training. I would say onboard training, but probably a little more intensive, equivalent to joining the CIA, probably some kind of physical tests and yeah. shooting training and stuff. But he was later transferred to the first chief directorate, where he would go. His job was to monitor foreigners uh, and foreign officers in Leningrad. And after a brief period, he was sent to Moscow for more training. From 1985 to 1990, Putin served in East Germany as a quote-unquote translator. However, this was a cover, and what he actually did is unknown. It's believed that Putin assisted uh, in KGB support and coordination to the Red Army Faction, which was a terrorist organization. No big deal. Well, I mean, I'm sure our government's involved with shit like that, too, so. I just want everyone to be happy. Never happened. Look at humanity. Look at the entire history of humanity. I know. When have we ever gotten along? Never going to happen. That's why aliens won't talk to us. We're just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're hopeless. Once the Berlin Wall fell, Suspicions regarding Putin's loyalties were aroused, aroused and forced him to resign from the active KGB service and return to Leningrad. He did, however, remain an active reserve KGB member, working with the internal affairs section of Leningrad State University. Here he searched for new KGB recruits while working on his doctorate. Putin claims that as soon as the 1991 Coup d'état was attempted. Is, is it coup d'état or coup d'état? Coup d'état. Coup d'état. Sorry, I don't know my French. Anyway, Putin claims that as soon as the 1991 coup d'état was attempted on Mikhail Gorbachev, he quote immediately decided which side he was on. End quote. Putin also said in 1999 that communism was again quote a blind alley far away from the mainstream of civilization, end quote. Whether or not either of these quotes are true, we'll never know. Putin had a professor and friend 
named Anatoly. Oh shit, Bachak, who went on to uh, run for mayor of Leningrad, and he ultimately won in May of 1990. Uh, when Putin got sent back to Leningrad, he met up with this guy, and they became quite good friends. And because of that, he ended up being appointed. Uh, as an advisor on international affairs by the new mayor. In June of 1991, Putin became head of the Committee for External Relations of the mayor's office, where his responsibility was to promote foreign investments and international relations. Within a year, it was recommended that Putin be fired after he was investigated by the city council for understating the prices and permitting the export of metals that were worth $93 million in exchange for foreign food aid that never arrived. In 1996, Skobchak lost his bid for re-election and Putin resigned his position with the city. He moved to Moscow and he became the deputy chief of the presidential property management department where he became responsible for the foreign properties that the Russian state owned, as well as organizing the transfer of former Soviet assets into the name of the Russian Federation. Basically, hey, that used to be Soviet, now it's we're Russian Federation kind of thing. What paperwork do I need to fill out? Very bureaucratic, I'm sure. Um, Putin worked his way up over the next few years into the positions of deputy chief, of the presidential staff, first deputy chief of the presidential staff, and finally to prime minister. Putin became, Rus- Putin became Russia's fifth prime minister in 18 months. However, before he was prime minister, Putin was relatively unknown to the Russian people. But his law and order image and his unrelenting approach to the second Chechen war, Chechen war, raised his popularity and allowed him to overtake his rivals. Boris Yeltsin later announced that he wanted Putin to be his successor, and as I mentioned earlier, that happened when Yeltsin resigned in 1999. An interesting note, that once he became acting president, Putin's first presidential decree stated that, quote, all corruption charges against the outgoing president and his relatives would not be pursued, end quote. (laughs) This appears to have been done to protect Yeltsin and his family from backlash from the Mabitex bribery case, but it seems to have also served Putin as well, causing multiple criminal cases against him to be dropped. And when I say criminal cases, I'm not talking like murder or anything like that. I'm talking these were cases related to that $93 million metal exporting situation from what I could tell. So, this is something you touched on earlier. Putin has served as president since his official inauguration on May 7th, 2000. He was re-elected in 2004, supposedly receiving 71% of the vote. After his second term, he was barred from running for a third consecutive term by the Russian Constitution, and first his first deputy prime minister, Dmitry Mendev, Mendev, there we go. Dmitry Mendev was elected as his successor 
However, the next day, he appointed Putin to the role of prime minister. And most sources heavily suggest that Putin was the de facto leader during this time. It's also thought that during this time as prime minister, Putin organized several paramilitary groups loyal to himself and his United Russia political party. Apparently, in the Russian constitution, you can't hold the office of the president for three consecutive terms, but you can, however, run again. So, Putin would proceed to run for and win the presidency again in 2012, this time with 63.6% of the vote. Russian citizens protested the results, claiming that the elections were rigged, but no changes ever came of these protests. In 2018, Putin supposedly won another re-election bid with a whopping 76% of the votes. And to date, he's still obviously the Russian president. He has said, I read in one, uh, one place, that he will not run in 2024. But I'll touch on that in a minute. So Uh-oh. I know we're, we're running a little long here. So I'm just going to quickly list some of the terrible things that his administration has done since taking power. Fasten your seatbelts. Firstly, staying in power for 22 years. It's pretty bad. And doing it, the, you know, eking around the rules there. Um, secondly, Russia's 2014 annexation of Crimea, which is part of the Ukraine. He's done it before, people. Interfering in the Syrian civil war uh, by supporting the Syrian government, uh, which basically, from what I could tell, was just because the U.S. were supporting the other side. Uh, suspected interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential elections. Passing strict legislation against the LGBT community in Russia. Rigging Russian regional elections by eliminating all candidates from all parties other than his United Russia Party. Potentially assassinating multiple people who have spoken out against him. Adding amendments to the Russian constitution, which allow him to run for two more six-year terms. And finally coming to today invading the Ukraine. So, do with that information what you will, people. That is the story of Russia. That is a quick story of Russia and Vladimir Putin. Mm. So, I did that without with only one one sheet of Russian accent. You did. You I, did. I, and I you also didn't like get really into any of the current propaganda or anything, which is yeah, I tried very hard not to sway one way or the other. Just this is what, and I want to say alleged on this stuff because I don't know for certain. You know, I've all, all I have, frankly, is my research, which comes from Western sources. I don't know from their perspective. So, you know, I don't, I don't even know if what I'm seeing is true. Yeah. There's two sides to every story and you know, I'm not I'm not defending the guy. Don't Don't take it that way. I just don't I understand that our country is doing the same exact things. They're trying to brainwash their citizens too. 
So who knows what the actual truth is? Anyways, on that note, let's move it on. Trivia with Tyler. And happily, this one kind of connects. All right. According to the Convention of Geneva, an ejected pilot in the air is not a combatant, and therefore attacking him is a war crime. So, if you see a pilot, if your country's at war, (laughs) poor Ukraine, and you see a pilot eject under the Geneva Convention, you can't shoot at him. Or you'll be prosecuted of war crimes. So, I learned from a meme, so I don't know how legit this is. But, like, punishing a collective based on the actions of one person is a war crime according to the Geneva Convention, I believe. Punishing a group for the actions of one? Yes. Is a war crime. I believe. If the meme I was reading was correct, uh, which again, it was a meme. Well, then I've committed war crimes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah, I would say. If there's a group of my friends and one of them does something and I don't know which one of them did it, oh, y'all are all getting punished. (laughs) Y'all are all getting punished. (laughs) Oh, shit. War criminal, my ass. Um, what, what was the meme? It, God damn it. Now I don't know. It was on Reddit, of course, where all memes are born. Um, I don't know anymore. It used to be true. I don't think so anymore. Well. This new generation and their TikTok. Well. Their TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling it. Fucking TikTok. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. Hell yeah. Um. Grandpa's unite. It was base. It was about how like a, a teacher uh, punishing everyone for one kid like not shutting up or something and yeah. committing. When I was a kid, I hated it, but now as I'm an adult, yeah, <laughs> you you all fucking snot noses had it coming. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at as an adult. I'm like, mm, I think all you kids should shut yeah. up. So yep. like, yeah, I'm with the teacher. Yeah, um, we don't have any mailbag this week, do we? Unless we got something earlier. I didn't see anything. All right, then. Well, oh, wait, here it comes. Uh, yep, nope, nothing. So I guess we'll go on and move Sad. on. Sad. Final thoughts. All right. Oh, excuse me. I have the whiskey burps. I have not put any water in this yet, though. Have you, like, ever? Never. Never, ever, Ooh, never, God. never, ever, never. Okay, I don't know how I'm going to get water drops in here. <laughs> oh, the struggle is real. Why don't you take the lid off and dip a finger? Shit, that went on the outside of the glass. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. You enjoy talking about... All right. Are oh, you spilling water everywhere? <laughs> Why don't you put your finger over the thing and spill a couple drops in there? Uh, since you're spilling water everywhere with it like that. <laughs> then 
She just squirted water all over the table, folks. <laughs> I um, need an adult. Just dip your fingers in my water. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that get you? Thank you. You good? Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, well, it didn't change the smell that much. No, not at all. Um, I'm going to mix up the waters and spin it around. And uh, I'm going to watch you. That. The little bit of burn that was there it was almost completely gone. Everything else is maybe a smidge sweeter. Other than that, it was pretty, pretty right on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it brought all the sweetness and the burns pretty much, pretty much non-existent. I I didn't get honey first time through. Uh, anytime I've had it neat, I get honey now. Okay, so I definitely I can pick that sweet flavor out. Um, so what are you thinking about this? I don't think you like um, it near as much as I do. I I think I went into it expecting so much that I disappointed myself. I, I have learned not to tell you. Yes. Today. I, I'm, yes. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Um, I think I was expecting the whiskey to end all whiskeys, and it's not. And that has me kind of sad. Well, no, because I, frankly, I... I don't feel like I oversold it that much. No, you didn't. I but think that's... I, I said it was going to be like top certain amount. Yes. Okay. Yes, you All did. Right. I, yeah, yeah. It's not it's... the best whiskey we've done on this show. No, but, but it was up there. It's me being me rose colored glasses. Okay. Expecting like if Tyler says it's good, then it has to be just otherworldly. Eh, um, I don't know about all that. So I, but I do like it. Um, I do like it a lot. Uh, it's definitely something I will drink and I'll drink probably pretty often. Um, the problem I have, so I want to let everybody know, I think I mentioned this earlier is I bought three of the five bottles and I bought one of the bottles for you. You asked me to, so I got it for you. Um, we'll never get this one again. True, though I don't know why Wild Turkey um, on their website talks about it, and they say the flavor profile is supposed to be the same all the way for all of them. So, yeah, but you know, I don't know how much of a each, science they have it down to. Yeah, each barrel, there's gonna be there's gonna be some slightly difference. Yeah, you know, there it, it it's probably gonna be something to the effect of Jefferson's Ocean. Yeah, where it just depends on. Where that ship went, what year it went, you know, yeah, what the weather was like that specific. yeah, all the little tiny, tiny details yeah. that seem insignificant that aren't. And I've actually read uh, some some people, as far as Jefferson Ocean goes, have had bottles that were meh, and some people have had bottles that were really good. Oh, we got lucky, and our bottle was really good. Um, I actually haven't really dove back into that bottle and saving it for special. But anyway, what did you continue uh, with your thought? Um, 
So it is really good. Number rating, I am I'm kind of struggling. It's not it's not one of my number tens. So did you expect it to be a ten? No. No? Okay. Um No, frankly, I didn't know what you would think of it. I, I thought you would like it. I definitely when, like when it. When you said get you a bottle, I was like, I don't know if you're gonna want a bottle or not. But I thought you would at least like it. I think it'll be over five. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure over five. Um, I'm just mainly struggling between a seven and an eight. Because um, it is a very, very good bourbon. Well, let me give you my number okay. before um, before we get too crazy. And I, I will, uh, I feel like I've said most of what I think about this yeah. already. I, spoiler alert, it was at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Super late spoiler alert. Um, I said it then, and I'll say it now. The one knock I have against this is the price point. Yeah. It's $60. This is a great whiskey. This is something I can do anything with. I can mix it. I can have it neat. I can have it with water. I could sit and sip on this every single day. Mm -hmm. But I won't. Because Because it's $60. Yep. And I've never seen this before, and I don't know when I'll see it again. With that being said, that's the negative to it. If, I, if I'm if i going to buy something to sip on, mm-hmm. it's going to be Wild Turkey 101. If I specifically I want a Wild Turkey to sip on, that's what it's going to be because it's $20 a bottle. And it's a couple notches down from this, but it's still good. You know, it's not bad at all. So my number on I'm going to have to. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. I'm going to have to retry Wild Turkey 101 because I remember it being disgusting. I rated it very low, too. And I just finished off my second bottle in a month. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have to retry it. I don't know. Because comparing this to what I remember Wild Turkey 101 as is very insulting. So I I found, like I said, with Wild Turkey, the first sip is pretty rough. Yes. After that, it is smooth. It mellows out. I think that is just a, an adjustment that, you know, some people some people make that adjustment to where they get to where they like those, and some people don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've made that adjustment and it's something that it for twenty dollars, yeah, that's good. Are there better things out there? Sure, but you're gonna pay. Yeah. You know, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that's the end all be all. If I see Buffalo Trace or Wild Turkey One Hundred One, I'm gonna pay the extra ten dollars for Buffalo Trace. Yeah. If I find it for you know a reasonable price, I'm not paying second second hand prices. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, my number for this. 7.5. Okay. The knock I'm giving it is the price point. Okay. And I think I was struggling between a, a 7 and an 8. Uh, yep. So, um, I mean, I guess this is going to be a week where I'm, I'm with Tyler. Let's just go 7.5. 7 and a half, right in the middle. All right. 7 and a half gold stars. Um... Sorry, I'm just writing these down real quick so that I have them 
I don't know if that picked up by your mic at all. I'm sorry. I'm writing this down so that I have them. To put on the website. Put on the website later in the week. Um, whenever we upload this episode. Because I can't be putting them on the website Sunday evenings. So y'all, you all can cheat. You'll all, all go look at the website and you'll go see what we rated and say, I don't need to listen. <laughs> we need those listens. We do. We do. It goes a long way. Liking, supporting. Rate, review, do all yeah. those things. Commenting. So much. Commenting on YouTube if you watch the videos. That helps. Give us a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Hit the subscribe. Smash the alert button. All that crap. There's a reason every YouTube video says that. It's mm-hmm. because that it gets us. works. Well, it's not that it works. It gets us it's, in yeah. the algorithm more. It gets us exposed to more people. Mm-hmm. And that's why all those videos annoyingly say, hit that like button, smash the bell and shove it up your ass or whatever <laughs> they say, you know? Um, so I hate to do that. I really hate that obnoxiousness, but, but that's why we ask. Yeah. So please. Help us out. Um, yeah. Uh, if you are uh, in the market for a new bourbon and you see a cheap bottle of Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit, be one to check out. Um, yeah. And from what I've gathered, uh, this is the single barrel version. I think there is a Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. Wild Turkey? Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. Wild Turkey. Did I say Wild Turkey? <laughs> I don't, you're going to have to go back and listen because what you said was very amusing. Okay. Um, yeah. On that note, guys. All right, guys. Um, I have now several topics that I am debating between for next week. So uh, next week should be a good one because there's several things I want to do. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, that being said. Thank you. Have a good night and enjoy your week wherever you are. We look forward to seeing you next time. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Wild Tucky.